Hey, it's Alexis Haynes, and this is my podcast, Recovering from Reality. slept for like maybe four hours last night and that's pretty much what I get on average I mean throwing a second kid into the mix just it's literally like it's like another bomb going off in the middle of the night it's just it's one thing or another last night um God, I got sucked into social media until like 11 p.m., which I shouldn't let myself do. And usually I just try to shut it off at nine and be like, whatever. Um, Who cares about all of this? But I couldn't because, well, I'll talk about that in a second. But I fell asleep at like 11 and then my five-year-old, I can hear her like slamming doors down the hallway. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I wake up, I'm like all groggy and it's 3.45 in the morning and I had fallen asleep at 11. And so she, um, she just was sleepwalking and (laughs) it took like three attempts to finally get her to go back to sleep. Um, and then I was just like, I'm up. Okay. I'm up. And I couldn't go back to sleep. Um, so just, you know, bear with me here for this episode. (laughs) I'm tired. I posted the other day what I thought was like a funny video of my kid, my two-year-old having a meltdown because I didn't put her powdered vegetables in her bottle when I tried to give her a bottle. And so she had this like big epic meltdown and then I gave her the bottle and like instantly she was always right with the world. And uh, so I got so much backlash, like, oh my gosh, she's still taking a bottle. Do you plan on putting on her cup anytime soon? Yada, yada, yada in my inbox, all of the like mom shamers, like why is that still a thing? That shouldn't be a thing anymore in 2019 like we're just all doing the best we can you guys and so I kind of went on this whole like tirade and I got so much support and so much love back from the vast majority of you guys I mean the people who had their opinions 80% of them doubled down on their uh (laughs) on their message to me and their hate about my two-year-old drinking from a bottle And I made the joke, like, she's not going to go off to college drinking a bottle. Chances are. And then my producer sent me this funny funny video of Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules going to bed um, and and sucking a bottle to go to bed. Um, So maybe she will be. Who knows? Um, But what I do know is that she really loves her bottle. And... You know, it really provides her with comfort and I had to stop nursing her early. And hey, I mean, she drinks literally powdered greens. I drink them too. They're disgusting in her bottle every single day. And so that's a mom mom win. Then I got tons of questions about like what I put in her bottle. And I get questions from you guys often about health related stuff. And um So I thought that's what I would talk about today, 
because and that's such a huge topic and I could probably record I don't know eight to ten episodes just on health stuff in general um but I thought that I would kind of give you guys a brief overview of of what recovering your body from years of drug addiction alcoholism and eating like crap really looks like my first two years of sobriety I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day drank Red Bull and Monster every day and pretty much lived at McDonald's um and that really worked for me until I decided to have uh Harper and when I was pregnant with Harper I found out that I have hypoglycemia which is uh pretty much constant low blood sugar issues and that's why I gained so much weight with her I ended up gaining I went from 120 pounds to 186 pounds I gained 66 pounds when I delivered her I was planning on having a home birth I ended up having an emergency c-section after I pushed her butt out at home that's a story that we'll talk about at another time And I had a C-section. And after that, really all of my health problems started to bubble up. And uh, Western medicine pretty much failed me. By the time Harper was, I think, 18 months old, I had been dealing with such bad postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety that I could barely parent it pretty much broke me and I didn't know that that I could get that low in sobriety and it was scary because it was something that was pretty much out of my control, right? Like I'm sober, I'm going to meetings, I'm going to therapy, I'm doing all the things I can and my body was pretty much fighting against me at every turn. I had already had some health issues, but I think that I didn't really see them as health issues. I started having like a gazillion food intolerances and food allergies and IBS-like symptoms and gut health issues and bloating and all of this stuff. So basically all I'm trying to say is um, I really abused my body. I abused my body and it, it kind of all caught up with me. So here I am, I'm a mom of an 18-month-old I have severe postpartum depression and anxiety. I am barely functioning, barely holding on. Every single task feels extremely overwhelming. And I had a sponsor in AA at the time who was pretty much completely opposed to medication. And in fact, I got off all of my medications in uh, rehab, which... I think I was just taking like well Beatron at the time or whatever to do step work with her because she really was opposed to even taking me through the steps while I was on antidepressants. Basically, so I was at a breaking point and I went to a psychiatrist and we basically found out through trial and error that my body could not tolerate uh, a medication. I just don't tolerate medication. I tried Lexapro and I woke up in the middle of the night with 186 heart rate that they couldn't get down. I tried Prozac and I became suicidal. Um, I took I took anti-anxiety medication 
for a month because my panic attacks were so bad. I literally could not parent anymore. I could not sleep. I was like on the, I was borderline like going to go into a psychosis. It was that bad. And, um, and thankfully I used my better judgment and I said, this is enough. This is not working for me. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I am going to seek something else. So I started exploring holistic medicine and alternative medicine. And I have known about this for my whole life. My mom was quite a crunchy mom, as they would call him, call her today. And she always had us going to her Chinese medicine doctor for different herbs for all of our ailments and illnesses growing up. And I still actually see that same Chinese medicine doctor to this day. But I found this great MD out in Studio City who also practiced holistic medicine. And she had a whole team with a nutritionist and a, um, a naturopathic doctor and... I went to her basically at my breaking point, at the lowest that I had ever been, and I was desperate for change. And she changed my life. Um, it was she just started my journey, but she did a few things that were absolutely huge um, in terms of of starting to heal and regulate my body. The first of which was balancing my hormones. My hormones were all over the place. And she put me on a number of different herbs to support my hormones. And then the second thing was supporting my adrenal system. My cortisol levels were outrageous. And so we were basically um, just trying to start to... um, balance out my adrenal system and so she put me on a few herbs from that and then the biggest and kind of most monumental thing was she tested me for this genetic mutation mthfr i've talked to you guys about this a lot because my kids have it and i have it and 40 percent of the population actually has this mutation mthfr can affect you in various ways Um, The biggest for me um, was uh, the, it it affects your body's ability to detox properly, but it all, it mainly deals with methylation. These are big words and I feel like people kind of lose track when I talk about (laughs) these different, you know, methylation pathways and things like that. But if I could sum it up, it would be this, B vitamins are essential for your health. B12 specifically regulates your nervous system and folic acid um, helps your body to like detox and with cell turnover and it's just essential for your health. That's why when you are pregnant, they say, oh, you absolutely need to take extra folic acid. And so people who have this genetic mutation, MTHFR, can't actually use B vitamins in the form that we get them from enriched breads and foods. Like if you go to the grocery store and you look at any, you know, bread that um, is on the shelf, it's all going to say enriched with 
iron and even soy milk is enriched with B vitamins and iron and, and things like that. It, 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 uh, it's everywhere. <laughs> and so synthetic B vitamins honestly are poison for us. And our body doesn't know how to use properly depending on which variation of the um, genetic mutation you have. There's a number of different kinds. Um, your body doesn't know how to properly use these B vitamins. And so you need to kind of through trial and error find out what B vitamins are actually going to work for you. And this took me a long time. There's other mutations that can affect your ability to tolerate methylated B vitamins. So this is kind of like a huge issue that a lot of people don't realize that they have and it can lead to all sorts of symptoms like um, memory impairment and uh, insomnia and nervous system dysregulation and um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So she kind of started me into this um, path of healing and rapidly I began to get better physically. And then I started diving into healing my gut. 80% of your neurotransmitters, neurotransmitters are what's in your brain, right? The, the things that create serotonin and dopamine and and all of that good stuff that we need in order to feel good. Those are all created in your gut. If you have an unhealthy gut, you quite literally have an unhealthy brain. And your brain will not function properly. And so gut health is absolutely essential to your overall well-being. And so, like I said, I had um, issues when I was a preteen that um, that started and I ignored them for a long time and I continued to poison my body with junk food pretty much. I had a lot of issues with my gut such as IBS and excessive bloating and stomach issues and skin issues that were all... Um, due to an unhealthy stomach and intestinal system. And so I began looking into how I can heal that. And it's still not perfect to this day. I'm going to be real with you guys. This has been an ongoing struggle and battle for me. And I feel like it's kind of like whack-a-mole. Like when I deal with one thing, <laughs> then another thing pops up. And then I deal with another thing and another thing pops up. Um, I think that the the most important thing is that there is another genetic mutation <laughs> that affects um, your gut and your ability to absorb and use properly um, probiotics and their effectiveness for you. And so I actually ended up doing a full genetic mutation panel with... Um, with maximized genetics and I chose maximized genetics because they don't um, sell your DNA after which a lot of different companies do including like 23andMe I believe um, you know don't quote me on this but I believe it's the 23andMe and Ancestry um, 
And so they, they literally burn your DNA after and they give you like a complete workup. And then I took that workup to, um, another one of my practitioners, Breezy over at, um, Sassy Holistics, who really helped me understand, um, how, how my body was functioning in its current state and what foods and um, supplements, although she really likes to focus on foods, I could use to heal my body. And it has been remarkable. I'm not going to lie. Like I said it was hard. I mentioned that it was hard. It is hard. Um, my body has so many food allergies. It's insane. And um, so navigating this has been really challenging for me, but but what I, it's worth it is what I'm trying to say. Like when you have to limit your foods and you're a busy mom and going to a drive through is easier and you're hungry and, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's absolutely worth it. Um, and then, so I changed my entire diet pretty much to a paleo diet minus a few extra foods. And then I began taking this amazing supplement um, called Restore. And Restore is not a probiotic. I actually don't even know how it works. It's like this these minerals that actually heal the lining of your intestinal tract. And you know what's weird is that Evan's cardiologist actually recommended, I had mentioned in one of the, our appointments that I had all of this, these issues with my, with my stomach. And she had said, Oh, well, you should try this thing called restore. It's really helped me. And I was like, that's kind of weird for a cardiologist to <laughs> divulge that information, but okay. And then, you know, I never got it because I had tried a million supplements at this point and nothing had worked. And I kind of swear by restore. Now you guys, I give it to my kids I just think it's really important in this day and age where our food quality is so poor because the mineral content in our soil has been ruined. And even if you're getting organic, chances are that there's pesticides on your organic vegetables because there's just so much in the air and in the water systems and whatever else, you know, what we put in our body and the way that our stomach is functioning affects so much of our bodies so that's pretty much um you know what what started me into this whole arena of alternative health and now you know my husband makes fun of me but I've got like an EMF blocker in my house <laughs> and I've got crystals everywhere and <laughs> Um, and, you know, and of course meditation and, and I practice, um, emotional freedom technique, which is this tapping sequence that, um, helps you deal with emotional stress and trauma. And, and there's so much that I'm doing currently to heal, um, because, you know, you can't go through 19 years of 
trauma, serious trauma, and abuse your body for, let's see, six of those years with hardcore drugs, which ended up being IV heroin at the end of it, and walk away unscathed. Like, there's just no way, right? So, um, and whether this is going to catch up to you now or in 10 years or in 30 years or not at all really depends on on your own genetic makeup. I mean, that's the thing is that there's no one size fits all approach. I'm happy to share with you guys what I've done and the things that I've learned um, and the different practitioners that I see because I think that it's really helpful. Breezy, for instance, over at Zassy Holistics, um, is available via Skype. And so that's really helpful. I've actually never seen her in person. <laughs> um, but, but you know, so this is not a one size fits all approach, like I was saying, and, and not everybody is going to have the same experience. I am concerned. I'm not going to lie about where we're at. I mean, we are the sickest, adults probably in like I don't even know how long like we are just as as a human species now we have our kids and they're saying that soon enough or maybe we're there where we're gonna outlive our kids because of obesity and you know 80% of the foods in grocery stores have added corn syrup and you know GMOs and you know, 5G cell towers going everywhere. And I think that that we have this false belief that we're invincible. And, and we're not. <laughs> we're not. And so I think that, um, you know, in my area, specifically where I grew up, for instance, we had this nuclear plant um, that that had a huge leak. It's called the Santa Susana Field Lab. And there's a map actually of 20, um, 20 mile radius. And you can literally see clusters of kids who have very rare brain diseases and cancers and leukemia. And Literally, it's like just a cluster right here in the Conejo Valley and um, into parts of Woodland Hills. And it, it is scary. And then when I ended up doing further testing for um, heavy metals and such, sure enough, I came back with outrageously high levels of uranium. So growing up in this area, quite literally, you know, we think... And they never cleaned it up. They still haven't cleaned it up. They keep promising that they're going to clean it up, and then they don't clean it up. And it's in the soil, and now it's in the water. And then we had this huge fire that started at the actual site, and all of that ash was distributed throughout this entire area. And I'm just saying, like, we're not invincible, you guys. We're not invincible. And it is important that we do all of the things that we can do to 
help our health. And um, actually, I just started this amazing podcast. It's Luke Stories Podcast, and it is kind of a game changer, you guys. I mean, he's amazing when he's talking about like healing your nervous system and um, the ways that he does that. I mean, I I, I don't want to say he's extreme. It just, I am... I don't want to call myself a hypochondriac either, but listening to him sometimes gives me anxiety. Like, okay, everything I'm doing is incorrect. And it's like, that can make you just as sick, right? All of that stress as, um, you know, just not knowing that any of this is going on at all. But his podcast is actually really amazing. And I have learned so, so much from him And I'm grateful because there are a number of things that he has recommended that have really changed my life and my overall well-being and my health and my children's health. And and so I'm really grateful for that. Um, So getting back to Dakota's bottle, which I fill with a whole bunch of different concoctions (laughs) every day, it's kind of a little bit different. Um, I was, so I became aware of my children's mutations. Um, I feel like this topic is really hard to talk about because so many people feel really super passionate about this issue. And honestly, even just thinking about talking about this makes me feel kind of nauseous and overall, um, really anxious and so I just want to preface this by saying that my opinions and my experiences are my own I'm not advocating one way or another what you should do for your children I think it's important to be informed I um I feel that it's important to be informed about every medical decision that we we make, which is why I became a birth doula, right? Because the system that we're in right now where we have the highest maternal death rate of any westernized country and a rising infant mortality rate is clearly a red flag that, that there's something wrong, right? Well, and that's why I became a doula because I want women to make informed choices and to know that they have options and that they don't have to have you know, standard hospital births where they just go with the flow and end up with, you know, 32% end up with C-sections, major surgery for what is quite honestly a physiologically normal experience for women. So this topic's about vaccines and fuck, it's hard. And I didn't even think I was going to go here right now. But it's something that I feel like I need to talk about, to talk about our experience. Um, I've talked about this openly before, and people have hoped, you know, that my children die. Yeah, I've gotten messages like that. So like I said, this is my experience. I'm going to share it with you because I think it's important I hope that we can be respectful and have an honest conversation about this um, because I think that pretending that everything's okay isn't working for us anymore. 
So when I had Harper, I was really, really passionate about vaccinating. I was. Don't get me wrong, I was skeptical um, about how many vaccines had been added onto the schedule since I was a kid. After having a discussion with my pediatrician about how my daughter could possibly get hep B as a newborn. And he said, very simply, you know, if if you don't have hep B and she's not having sex and isn't an IV drug user, the chances of her getting hep B are quite low. And so I decided to skip that one. Um, but I vaccinated Harper. And after each round of vaccines, she became sicker and sicker. She would have 104 fevers, vomiting, completely lethargic, has always been low, um, you know, weight-wise and didn't eat as much after her vaccines, would always fall asleep for four to six hours after all of them. And she just became a really sick kid. With each round, she became more ill. The power of breast milk, right, is that it's full of antibodies. It's full of antibodies. Actually, your baby's saliva tells your body what antibodies it needs to create for your baby as they're nursing. It's really a magical thing. And um, Harper was home with me, so I asked my pediatrician very simply, how many times is it normal for a breastfed infant who's home with her um, uh, parent, you know, and not in daycare, to be ill, to be seen by a doctor for, uh, you know, various colds, things like that. One of my pediatricians said two times. The other one said four to six. Well, Harper was seen... 13 times in her first year of life for different colds and illnesses. And I kept vaccinating. I kept vaccinating. Actually, I'll tell you this story, and this is fucking embarrassing. And um, Kristen Cavallari, if you're out there, I owe you an apology. I don't even know if you know that this happened, but I owe you an apology. This was around the time I started writing for Vice Magazine. And my editor, Mitchell, was really passionate about vaccinating too because he grew up with autoimmune diseases and I think it's autoimmune diseases or some sort of of um, immunity issues and so he really relies on quote-unquote herd immunity. I was supposed to sit down with Kristen Cavallari and interview her about um, about uh, her shoe line or something I don't even remember what it was really looking back on it now. And then he was like, but I want you to bring up vaccines. And I was on board. I was, cause she does not vaccinate and this is horrendous. And like, honestly talk about mommy shaming. Oh my gosh. But I was so passionate about this topic. I was so passionate about this topic that I was willing to go against my own morals and better judgment and to bring up this topic. And the interview never happened. Thankfully, Um, but anyways, my daughter just, she kept getting sicker and sicker and, um, and I kept vaccinating. Well, Evan, myself and Harper 
ended up, despite being vaccinated for whooping cough, getting whooping cough. And Dakota was just a few months old. And uh, it started as a normal illness, and, and then it progressed into this cough that was relentless, and, and Harper was seen in the emergency room, I think two or three times, and by her pediatrician a couple of times too. And they all kept diagnosing her with croup, but I knew something else was up. I knew something was wrong, and I had already began being skeptical too because when I was pregnant with Dakota, despite being vaccinated for MMR, I got the mumps. And so here we all were, so sick. It had been a month of this cough that was just relentless, and I spent so many nights in Harper's room um, with her hacking, literally hacking, and it was really scary. And then finally, I went into um, I went into my pediatrician. I demanded that he test her for whooping cough. And he was like, no, there's no way. She's been vaccinated for it. I really don't think it's possible. He just was like, there's just no way. And so I was um, I was pretty much at this point just sick and tired of the whole thing. And so I was like, what's the harm? Just test her. So he tested her, and it takes a week to get the results. He goes, in the meantime, she's free to go to school. It's just a cough. She doesn't have a fever. It's okay. So we went to school, and um, then that weekend, we actually went to Disneyland. And um, I was in line at Disneyland when the immunologist from the hospital called me and gave me the results that, sure enough, we all had whooping cough despite being vaccinated and I was done I was like what's the point at this point I've made my baby so sick she's seen all the time she's always sick for different illnesses and colds and I don't understand how she's picking them up and how her immune system isn't functioning but it's not it's not functioning um and this is so it's so hard to talk about it's honestly so 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 hard to talk about um this is just a hot hot topic and people are really passionate about this so um i'm trying to look through this article which was pretty um pretty much a game changer for me. It was write, written by an immunologist. And there's a study that's literally on the CDC website right now regarding pertussis. And, it's, and she writes, the acellular pertussis AP vaccine, the final element of the DTaP combined vaccine, now in use in the USA, replaced the whole cell pertussis vaccine in the late 1990s, which was followed by an unprecedented resurgence of whooping cough. So basically it wasn't effective. The experiment with the deliberate pertussis infection in primates revealed that the AP vaccine is not capable of preventing the colonization and transmission of B pertussis, which is what we had. For the scientific study, the FDA has issued a warning regarding this crucial finding. We never hear about this stuff, you guys. We never hear about this stuff. 
just a few weeks ago, actually, the CDC updated their website and their recommendation for people who shouldn't receive the MMR vaccine. They didn't tell anybody about this. Doctors are still vaccinating kids who have family members in their immediate family who have autoimmune diseases, despite right there on the website saying that if you have a family member with an autoimmune disease, they should not receive the MMR vaccine. This is my experience. It's been a long and crazy journey and it has tested every single bit of me and, and um, it's not been easy. It's not been easy because I, I know that there is a place, there's absolutely a place for Western medicine. I mean, it saved me and my baby's life when I had the mumps. I had a high-risk pregnancy where I was in the hospital Um you know, doctors are flawed. When I had my blood clots and almost died when Dakota was 18 or eight days old, two doctors missed that diagnosis. It took a third doctor to finally listen to me and to hear me and to, to actually test me for blood clots to see that I was quite literally dying. Medicine is not perfect. Science is not perfect. It's, it's ever changing, which is why they just updated the... MMR vaccine, you know, um, on the CDC website, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really challenging topic and, and it's hard to talk about. And I just want to clarify that I'm not one way or another. I really just believe in, in being informed and, and that this whole schedule, this vaccine schedule, which is pretty much on a one size fits all approach is hurting some of our kids. It hurt my kid. It hurt my kid. Because in comparison, I have another child who has a medical exemption because of my other daughter's, my oldest daughter's vaccine reactions and issues with her immune system, which we're still doing further testing on right now. Um, I have two kids, one of which is sick, quite literally all the time. It's finally starting to get better. Her doctors got switched pediatricians, as I said, and her doctors got her on a protocol now that is actually helping. And I'm really, really grateful. Um, and then I have another daughter who in her first year of life, compared to her older sister, who was seen 13 times, was seen once, one time, same mom, same dad, you know, same mom, same dad. She didn't end up getting whooping cough. So that's kind of my experience. And, and, and it's challenging to talk about. Um, but I do, I'm doing the best that I can as a mom with the information that I have. So I did the genetic testing with my kids for the MTHFR for all of the different genetic mutations. Sure enough, I mean, Coco's got it a little bit worse than Harper. And so we're doing what we can to supplement and to um, make sure she's getting the right B vitamins. And so we've got her on, on pretty much a gluten-free diet for the most part um, because, like I said, synthetic vitamins are in all flours and grain products and some others like soy milk. And, and yeah, we're just out here doing the very, very, very best we can as parents. And... Um, 
you know, my friends used to joke with me, like everyone thinks that they're going to be a perfect parent when they become a parent. I did. When I was pregnant with Harper, I was like, I'm going to have a home birth and you know, we're going to do attachment style parenting and I'm going to breastfeed on demand as long as she wants. And, and I'm never going to yell at my kids and I'm never going to lose my cool. And, um, you know, I thought that I had it all figured out and man, my experience with Dakota was just so different, just totally different because I had learned so much from, you know, having, having Harper for the last three years. And I've just had to realize that, um, that doing your best is doing okay. You know, doing your best is doing, is doing okay. And I'm doing my best. I'm doing my very, very best for them. Um, so that way they grow up as healthy, happy, um, independent, strong, resilient, kind, um, compassionate, empathetic, uh, caring adults. I'm just doing the very, very best I can. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I feel like I was all over the place with this, this journey and, and I want to talk to you guys in another episode about mental health and, and my self care and the things that I do on a daily basis to help. But I think that, um, all of those things, meditation, energy work, Reiki, um, all of those things that I've done while they are absolutely essential, the very core of all of that is balancing your hormones, looking at your genetic mutations and healing your gut. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to link everything that I talked about today in the show notes. And I am requesting from all of you that we can keep these conversations that we have. I want to have these conversations with you. And I think that it's important to um, discuss these really often challenging um, topics. But again, I just I just want everybody to be able to remain respectful and civil because nobody is going to be um, open or receptive to listening to people who are being in judgment and shaming. And so it is. Mm-hmm.